Praise God. One night, some 2,000 years ago, God gave joy to the world. Gave joy to the world. The old familiar song goes on to say, let earth receive her king. The words world and earth denote the entire planet. It does not simply refer to the northern hemisphere, not just to the Jews or Romans, not just to any one specific ethnic group, nor just for believers. The Lord came for the entire earth. The entire earth was receiving its king. While God had initiated the act of giving, the world has not yet in its entirety completed the transaction. The transaction of giving has two parts. First, there is the initial act, act performed on the part of the giver. Then secondly, there's the act of receiving what is being given. If a Federal Express delivery person comes to your door with a package bearing your name and says, I have a package for you, you stretch forth your hand and you sign for it and you take it. By a voluntary act of your will, you accept the package. But on the other hand, if you refuse to sign and don't take the package, the FedEx man keeps the package and it is then documented as being refused. If the FedEx delivery person were asked whether or not the package was delivered, he or she would respond that the package was given, but it wasn't received. FedEx had done its part, but the transaction was incomplete because the receiver would not receive it. Okay? Well, if I was to give a pen, say, to Ian, offer it to give it to Ian, and hold the pen there in front of him, I'm giving him the pen, but if Ian decided for whatever reason he didn't want to take the pen, then I can't, I can't, the transaction is not completed, so to speak, because Ian did not receive the pen. Did I do my part? Yes, I was trying to give him the pen, I was offering the pen, but it was up to Ian to take it, you see. Well, so it is with the things of God. So it is with the transaction that God has made with mankind. We know that God gave him, gave him being Jesus, because at first Jesus was with God. Jesus was with God. Okay? Now we're talking about here where the song says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come, and God gave Jesus to us. Now we know that, that again, the act of giving is a two-part thing. God gave, now it's up to us to receive. Now, we know that the Word of God tells us that Jesus was with God. So go in your Bibles to John, to the book of John. Matter of fact, we just covered some of these scriptures here with Brother Brandon a couple of weeks or so back. Okay, we know that we're building the case here for showing, for seeing how God gave Jesus and how this gift that has been given to mankind, whether or not it's been received. Amen. So John 1, good old John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All right? And we know here that the word, of course, is referring to Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So Jesus was with God, and at the same time he was God. And this is one of those, those mysteries, one of the things that I would sure love to discuss with God at the time when I get to heaven and so forth. Is just how does that work? But amen, it's one of the mysteries. Jesus is God, yet still he's one of the Godhead. We don't have three gods. We have 
have one God, but but there's a, there, there is the Trinity, and it's a it's a uniplural um, God, if you will, three distinct personalities, but there's one God. But not to get away from the point here, we see here in the beginning that Jesus was with God. So you can't give something that you don't have. So obviously Jesus was with God. Uh, then we see that in John three sixteen. Go to John three sixteen. Okay, John 3, through the 16 and 17. Okay. For God so loved the world, world that he gave his only begotten son. Underline gave. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. All right? So we see here that God gave, God gave this gift of Jesus. God is not a person or a, a being. God is God that will give something and then take it back. God gave Jesus to us. And God has given, given. The act on his part is complete. The next part of the chant transaction is up to us. The next part of the transaction is for us to willingly receive what he has given. Now, what he has given, he's given Jesus Christ. This includes healing. It includes deliverance from fear. It includes deliverance from sickness. It includes all of those, those things that we require victory over in this life. God has already done his part. All we have to do is simply receive it. Okay? Of course, the what, or should I say who, was in the form of his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we just read. God has given the ultimate gift to the world, but the world does not recognize the gift. Now you stop and think about that. God gave his only begotten son as a gift, but how much the world does not recognize that gift. Going back to John 3, John 3, and we continue with uh, verses, uh, let me see where I want to go here. Now go back to go back to sorry John one John one okay all things were made by him okay John one verse three all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Okay? Please in the line, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The gift of Jesus Christ walked among the Pharisees. He walked among the scribes and Sadducees, and they didn't even know him. Jesus is with us today, but yet still the world, in terms of darkness, does not even know him. Where it says they, 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 they comprehended it not. We've spoken before about where in other, in other places in Scripture, you know, you as a child of God, if you're speaking about deep spiritual things to someone who is a non-believer or an unbeliever, it's like you are talking right over their heads. It's like you're speaking in a foreign language. They don't even understand what it is that you're saying. Okay? So God gave His only begotten Son, which was the light of men, but yet still it says that the darkness comprehended Him not. The pity of the matter is that many Christians, after they have received the gift, they wind up putting it on the shelf. 
Alright, now you stop and think about that at, at Christmas time. How many things have you gotten sometimes that maybe it was nice when you received it, but then afterwards you go and you just put it up on your shelf and you say, okay, it's there, it's there and what. Now you don't, you don't throw it away, but you just kind of put it up on, this, on the shelf. Many Christians have, ex- have accepted the gift. But don't read the instruction manual that goes along with the gift. Okay? So in other words, many Christians accept the gift. They say, yeah, I accepted Jesus Christ. But then what is the instruction manual that God has given us? Obviously, it's the Word of God. It's the Bible. Amen? Amen? Many Christians have accepted the gift, but they don't read the manual. Many Christians don't really realize the value of the, of the gift that they were given. And they don't use the gift on a daily basis. Okay? You know, now again, we've received gifts. That, oh yeah, it was a nice gift and so forth, but I don't really use it on a daily basis because I, I really have no use for it. You know, I put it away, maybe I put it on the shelf or it's someplace else, but I don't have a day-to-day, I don't have a daily, a daily need for it. The gift in this case is only thought of in times of emergency and is only then taken off the shelf. You know, and I kind of automatically think about battery cables. You know, I mean, someone gives you a gift of battery cables, or you go and you buy a, 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 one of those auto uh, car kits. You know, a nice little plastic case with battery cables. You throw it in your trunk someplace, and that's where it gets buried, and you kind of forget that it's there until an emergency comes along, and you need those battery cables. And then you go quickly scrambling to find it. You see? Well, so it is again with many of us as Christians. We receive the gift of Jesus Christ, but we kind of put him up on the shelf. We don't read the manual because we feel, well, you know, I know how it works so I don't need to read the manual. Just kind of leave it there. But then all of a sudden an emergency comes up in your life. All heck breaks loose in your life. You got family issues, you got job issues, you got whatever is going on, relationship issues, and then all of a sudden you start running trying to find that gift. You know, because now all of a sudden it's it's needed. Sometimes the gift is seen as an intellectual gift, and we as Christians sit around debating the theoretical concepts and usage. You know, we sit around, we try, we, we, we try to philosophize over what this gift means. What does Jesus, the gift of God, to us, what does it mean? Some see the gift as something really cool to have, because telling others that they have the gift is merely a status symbol, right along with the new, new boat that they just purchased, okay? So how many times have we seen the Academy Awards, you know? I mean, these people, obviously, the way their lifestyles are, are being lived, you know, as we know from, from reading and so on, but yes, so when they get there for the, title, for the Academy, Academy Awards, they start claiming, I'm a Christian and all this sort of thing, because all of a sudden they think that it's cool to say that I'm a Christian, you know? On the other hand, many people will hide the gift, because they don't want to know that they even, even have been given the gift. Some have the gift, but have not the joy that goes along with the gift. You know the song, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Some have the gift, but have not the joy that goes along with the gift. Go to John 3. John 3. Okay, John 3, uh, starting with verse number 18, or 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, 
But he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds uh, should be reproved. But he that doeth, that, uh, doeth truth come to the light that his deeds may be made manifest. They are wrought in God. In God. Okay? So we see also here that uh, um, that again is making reference to the fact that those that did not know him they preferred to have darkness rather than light but yes those of us who do accept him these are the, these are the people that uh, will be uh, blessed and so everything for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light neither comes to the light lest his deeds should be reproved but he that doeth truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God Okay. Of course, there are those who receive the gift and because of adversity in life and not reading his instruction manual, have tossed the gift aside, rejecting what the gift has to offer. Like gifts in the natural, this gift brings joy to the world. God's joy is a key ingredient in living a victorious Christian life. Go to Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah 8. Okay, and starting with verse number 9. And Nehemiah, which is the uh, Tirshatha, which is basically the governor, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God, mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Please underline, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy, neither be ye grieved. For all the people, and all the people, went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great mirth, because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. So at first when they were hearing the word of God, they were feeling downcast and were very saddened. But he said, this is the day of the Lord. Eat, go eat, drink, eat the fat, which I guess by today's standards they would probably be criticized for saying that, eating the fat and so on, all right? Uh, they would, but um, eat, eat the fat and go and uh, be merry because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and this is one of the key ways that the devil um, winds up um, uh, hitting us in a way that we lose our strength. When things are really, really troubling you, when things are really weighing down on your heart, when you've got issues before you, again, be it job-related, be it relationship-related, be it family-related, whatever is going on, zapping of that strength. Nine out of ten times when you're feeling zapped like that, and I'm saying literally, when you've got a problem weighing on you, you literally feel, feel weakened. You feel weakened. You know, you may not even feel like getting out of bed to face the day. You've got issues on your mind. It's like a burden that's on your back. During those points in time, did you ever feel like you had joy? And you stop and think about it. When you had something really seriously going on in your life, did you have joy at the same time? Nine out of ten times, most likely you didn't. 
When something is troubling you, you've got something that you're worried about, the joy is gone, you see. And so the devil knows that if he can steal your joy, that he can also steal your strength. Because the less strength you have, you may even forget to even, even go and read the word of God. You may forget to pray. Many times I've seen it so bad where some people are so depressed because of what's going on in their life, they feel, what's the sense in praying? I mean, the joy of even praying, of talking to God, communicating with God is gone, you see. So, 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 so your, your strength comes from the, the, the joy of the Lord. Amen? And so the way to get that joy back, first of all, don't let, let the devil steal it. The minute you start feeling like you've lost your joy for life, like, like ah, what's the point? Or you're just feeling, feeling depressed. You need to recognize right away that there's something going on here. The devil is here trying to get, get to me, trying to get me, get me uh, to get my thoughts off the Lord, to get my focus off God. So you need to make a conscious effort at that point to do what? To run back to the Word of God, to get back in line with God, so that you can get back, get back that joy for God and get back that strength. One very effective technique is that when you're feeling that kind of, that kind of defeated feeling is to put on some good praise music. Put on some praise music. I mean, especially this time of year, you know. The interesting thing that I find at this time of year, especially with, with the songs and the scripture says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come, is that there are so many people during this holiday season is when their joy is gone. You know, you know, and I've read statistics, and maybe you've seen them too, how this time of year the suicide rate actually increases, you know. Now, now that's amazing. That's amazing. During this time of year where we are celebrating Christ, celebrating the gift, the gift that God gave to us, gave to us that people would be so depressed that they would want to take their lives, you see. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. So if, no, if not any other time of the year, this is certainly one time, you should feel especially, you should feel joy. Because that is where your strength comes from, you see. God gave us this gift, but many times we get so caught up in the gift giving, you know, which is wonderful and everything, but we forget what God actually did for us and the purpose of Jesus being here. Amen? The joy of the Lord is indeed your strength. Without joy, we're weakened. We gain joy, uh, we gain joy by understanding God's word. I see so many Christians, as I said before, walking around with long faces. There's no reason why we should not have, have uh, joy. Yeah, are we living in difficult times? Yes. Is the world in turmoil? Yes. But if we've been reading the instruction manual that came with the gift that God gave us, we know that Jesus said in the Bible, when you have tribulation, not if you have tribulation. Right? Remember that? Jesus said when you have tribulation. Let's go to John 16. John 16. John 16. You see, it's all, God has always had a plan for mankind. God knew that once he created us, he knew the route that man was going to go in terms of falling. God knew that there would only be someone that would have to be raised up that would be sinless and strong enough to resist all the temptations, you know, and yet still to be in the form of humanity and to take on our sins because God knew how mankind is, obviously. God also said that while, they're here, while they are here on this earth, I need to give them the tools. I need to let them know that, 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 that my joy will indeed strengthen them. But at the same time, I want them to know that because of the fact that the devil, the enemy, is still free on this planet, that there will be some times that you'll be under attack. Okay? And all of us as Christians know that you can have a day, a week, a month, 
six months where everything is just wow you're flying on you know on a cloud and everything is just so great you know then all of a sudden one day you get up and, and there's a phone call or a piece of mail or something you see on TV or a relative calls and gives you some news that all of a sudden brings that cloud that you're on crashing down you just oh boy here comes this problem again oh gee whiz and these things happen you see God knew that God knew that so what does he tell us here in uh, John uh, 16, verse number, what did I say, John 16, verse, uh, da, 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 da. yeah, okay, John, and let's start with verse number 16, okay, John 16, verse 16. A little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among yourselves, among yourselves, what, uh, what is this that he saith unto us? A little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. They said therefore, what is this? What is this that he saith a little while? We cannot tell what he said. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and he said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of what I said a little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall shall rejoice. It's interesting there, it says, you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. We see that going on today. You know, we Christians see what's going on. On and, and, and many times we feel so downtrodden because we see what's happening um, well, with, with, with Christianity, how it's under attack and, and so forth like that. But yes, though, there would be those that would be joyful about that. Okay? There are those in this world today that would love to see Christianity entirely stamped out. Okay? But the world shall rejoice and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned, shall be turned into joy. There's that joy again. All right? um, a, woman, a woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her eyes is come, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And you, and you know, and you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man takes from you. And underline that, please, and your joy no man takes from you. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things may I have I spoken with you in Proverbs. But the time comes when I shall speak, I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, um, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverbs. Now are we sure that you knowest all things, and need not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour comes. 
The hour comes. The hour comes. Yea, is now come that you shall be scattered. Every man to his own and shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay, so uh, bracket all of verse number 33. Um, in the world, uh, in the world, uh, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now we see a few things being said there, talking about the joy. Okay, and, and, and the kind of joy that God gives, no man can take from you. So when you're feeling that lack of joy, know that that is not a permanent thing. Okay, this is, that lack of joy is either something that you are permitting to happen, okay, because no man can take away the joy that God has given you. Either you're permitting it to happen by not remembering what the instruction manual says about all of this. So we know then that that joy is not of God, that that taking away of joy in your life is not God's will, that this is the devil doing that, so you need to do something about it. You need to go back to the the instruction manual, read the word of God, or get back in prayer with God, put on some good praise music, and let the Holy Spirit minister to you through music, alright? The other thing we see here, too, is that with Jesus going back to the Father, he says, at that time, you shall ask me nothing. At that time, you shall ask the Father what you will in my name. Okay? All right? So Jesus here is not answering the prayer. He said, you ask the Father in my name and God will do it. God will do it because you're asking in my name. You see? So we see here a few things. The best part that I love about that whole passage there is that where it says that in the world you shall have tribulation. All right? But Jesus has come to overcome that tribulation. So we see the gift that God gave us by way of his only son is a fantastic, a very, very powerful gift. He's given us He's given us the knowledge and knowing that, that the gift that, that my Father has given to you, do not just receive it and put it away on the shelf. Do not just put it someplace where you only, only are going to use it when there's an emergency going on. You know, know that with me, with this gift, um, comes, a, comes a, a lot of power knowing that this gift can overcome the negative things in this world. You see, there's nothing in your life, nothing in your life. What does it say there? In the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So that means that whatever is going on in your life that is feeling so difficult, whatever is going on in your life that is feeling so negative, Jesus can overcome that. He can overcome it. You see? And this is something that was given to us from God. Or he was something that, someone that God, that God himself gave us. You see? So during this time of year one of the things that you should be remembering which you should carry into the into next year and on through until the next year when we meet, meet here and we're going over similar scriptures is that the gift of Jesus Christ that God gave us, his only begotten son is such a powerful gift that we should be using it every single day of our lives. Every single waking moment. When there's tribulations that come up, when there are issues in life, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling like uh, um, it's not worth getting out of bed today, and your joy is suffering, remember the gift that God gave you through His Son. The joy that God gave you, no man can take away. And when I see no man can take it away, to me, that means there's no circumstance that can take it away. Alright? Okay? Now, we're all human. We're all human. That does not mean that when that phone call comes or that piece of mail that you get or that information that comes to you or something that someone says doesn't kind of hit you in the gut and take out your wind, you know, take your wind away. Oh my gosh, here we go again. But you need to recover right away. 
You should be able to recover within 30 seconds and say, wait a minute, I am not going to accept this. First, first of all, I'm not going to let this new situation steal my joy. Because the joy that God gave me through his son is something that no man can take away. Which means that this circumstance is not going to take away my joy. Because I know that Jesus is greater and has come. To, he came to overcome the world. So that means that this new situation that came into my life that's bringing to me, me this negative feeling and this worry. Jesus overcame that. And guess what? Jesus was given to me. To me. And Jesus is not up on some shelf in the closet. He's not in the back of my trunk of my car for some emergency situation. Jesus is with me, so therefore I am not going to let my joy be stolen. I am not. This is a gift that God has given me. A gift that God has given me, alright? So in other words, we Christians should not lose our joy due to any adversity. Because we, unlike the believer, has someone to turn to. Okay? Now, we see what's going on in the world today, or at least in this country relative to the recent uh, election events. And I'm not taking sides with any political party. I'm simply saying the fact that any Christian, regardless of, of whom they were um, um, hoping for and voting for, come into office, whoever was elected, if that person was not who you voted for, then of course there may be some disappointment. And all I'm just saying is that for the Christian, for the Christian, wherever any election goes, you have to remember that God is the one that is in charge. God God is indeed the one, the, person, the one that's in charge, and you should not be worrying about it, because God will make the situation work together for good for those that love him. You see, so we should not let, let anything like that upset us. However, to the unbeliever, to the non-believer, where some folks actually feel the world is coming to an end, and there's so much, much strife going on, there's so much gut-wrenching turmoil, where people are actually crying, and someone said, oh boy, it felt like someone died, you know. I mean, this is not, these are not the words of a believer. And if you are a believer and if you are feeling because the party that you were hoping for did not come into office and if you're feeling like someone like the, like the world is, is doomed and, and, and someone has died then that means you as a Christian you're missing the mark you're missing what the word of God says you should be remembering that God is the one that's in charge you should not let any situation or circumstances in life bring you to the point where you're losing your joy you see so it just makes you wonder where people's heads and hearts are at if you're feeling like that uh, in this day and age and as a child of God then something is really really missing if you feel like everything is just so hopeful uh, not hopeful we have the gift our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to turn to he has overcome through the cross anything that the devil can throw our way and that means anything or anything you see and I know good and well that when something negative is going on in your life, you know, people can make light of it or, or someone can say, oh, just do this and do that. You worry too much or whatever, you know. But I know what it feels like also to have something really, really troubling hit in my life also. At that particular time, it almost seems like a hopeless cause. You may scratch your head and say, how is this going to work out for the good? Well, you don't have to figure it out. You can figure it out. This is where we, we just have to remember that Jesus has overcome the world. That means that Jesus has overcome any situation in your life. And he is the one that can solve it for you. Okay? Alright? And, and uh, so we have to remember that he has overcome through the cross anything that the devil can throw our way. One way the devil works on us, as I said before, is to steal our joy because he knows that, that the Lord's joy is our strength. And I really have to focus on that a bit, uh, especially for this time of year, when there should be so much joy going on. You know? And as far as far as, as gift giving is concerned 
One of the things the devil does too is that it gets us, all of us, even us Christians, thinking about, oh boy, gee whiz, I need to make sure that I give this much to this person, to give this big impressive gift to this person, to give this big impressive gift to this person, alright? And from the goodness of your heart, we all want to give. But then, if you're not using some wisdom, though, the devil will take that desire to give to make you, to make you totally overextend yourself. You pull out the plastic and you start charging and charging and charging, and you so want to give, and you so you want to be seen as a big giver, okay? And then there's there's joy in 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 your heart and in your face when you see the faces of those that you've given to. But then when the time comes to pay the bill, this is where the devil comes in. When you get that credit card statement coming in and you're finding out, gee whiz, how much I overextended myself, then all of a sudden that joy is gone. And then all of a sudden the feelings of hopelessness start coming in. Because there's no way I'm going to be able to pay this bill. You see, so now the devil has taken a situation that started out really a joyful thing for you and turned it around to a situation now where you're losing your joy because you're worrying over what's happened after the holidays is over with. So what I'm saying here, here is that go into the holiday gift giving prayerfully. Prayerfully, you know, in the first place, the people that you're giving to, if you love them, then hopefully they love you back in the same way. And they're not looking at, at the monetary value of the gift that you're giving to them. They're looking at the fact that you cared and you love them enough to give them something. So don't set, we shouldn't set ourselves up for the devil to steal our joy later on when the day of reckoning comes and the January bills start coming in. Amen? Amen? So the devil looks for ways to steal our joy because he knows that the that the Lord's joy is indeed our strength. You see, and he's, he's an insidious thing, the devil. I mean, he plans. He very rarely hits us for things um, on the spot. I mean, he does sometimes. But many times his plan to undermine us and to undermine the things of God in our lives can, 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 can be uh, stretched out for days, for weeks, for months, you know. So he'll start plotting back in October when you're thinking about Christmas shopping. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm going put to in, put in her mind, put in his mind that she needs to spend 10000 thousand dollars on cousin Johnny over there and so forth and what she'll do is she'll go and and, and put every single credit card up to buy that ten thousand dollar gift and then I'll just wait and lay back in the cut and then come January when she gets the bill that's when I'll get her because when that January bill comes for ten thousand dollars and she can't pay it off that's when she'll be worried that's when she'll she'll start crying that's when I'll steal her joy you see so we need to make sure that we're we are looking at how Jesus is, is working in our lives and how and how how Jesus uh, uses Holy Spirit to minister to our lives and to give us some wisdom. Jesus Christ, our gift, is the gospel. Jesus Christ is the good news of salvation. Jesus Christ is hope. Jesus Christ is abundant and eternal life. Jesus Christ is deliverance and victory. The gift we have received is awesome in power. Hear what I'm saying now. The gift that we have received in the form of Jesus Christ is awesome in power. He's awesome in wisdom and awesome in love. He brings us through the Holy Spirit revelation knowledge that transcends the traditional thinking of mortal minds. Okay? I don't think we realize the magnitude, the size, the value of the gift that God gave us in His Son. Okay? With Jesus Christ and all that's embodied in Jesus and packaged with Him, with us, with Him, brings us through Holy Spirit revelation knowledge that goes beyond any thinking of any mortal mind. Let's go to John 14. John chapter 14. 
You know, when we sing that old Christmas carol, Joy to the World, you know, we really should, should stop and think about it a bit. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let all rejoice and receive his king. Receive his king. Amen. I, I mean, the embodiment of Jesus Christ goes so far towards uh, what happens in our daily lives, but many times we don't think about it. John 14, starting with verse number 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, underlying comforter, he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, and he dwells in you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Pause there for a moment. You see it says there in verse number 16, and he will give you another comforter. For the whole time that Jesus was here on earth, and those that were following him, he was their comfort. He was the one that he gave wisdom to. He was the one, one that gave them solace, that, 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 that hugged them and, 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 and gave them some things to, to not to worry about. He was the one that solved their problems. He was the one that by his touch healed them. I mean, he was their comfort. Now he was going back to the Father. And he knew that people would feel like they're being left. Amen? So the point that Jesus is making here, it says there, again, 16, And I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even that spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So he's saying here that he's going to give us the spirit of truth, and those that do not know the Lord can't receive him. That goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. You can be talking to some people about the things of God, and those in the world, they don't understand what you're even saying. You know, I mean, even down to the point of, you know, you've heard me say this a million times, you know, everyone in the office has gotten a pink slip where they're being laid off, and then they look at you, aren't you upset? How come you're not upset? And you're saying, you say to them, God shall provide all my needs. They look at you, what is he, crazy? You know, they do not, they just can't understand it. They don't, they don't get it. Amen. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him and he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, in you, in me, and I in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, underline, and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest, and will manifest myself and manifest myself to him. You see, so he's saying that now, he's, he's, he's assuring them, he says, don't worry, I'm going to leave you. So now, going back to the gift, God gave us the gift of his son. Through that transaction, a host of other things were set up for you. Right? God says, I'm going to give this gift of my son to Jesus, to, to mankind. And through this now, not only what does Jesus himself give you and empower, something else, there's another transaction that's going to result as this gift. Amen. So what's that commercial? I forget even what the, what the product is, but what, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Amen. The gift that keeps on giving. I got what product that is. Amen. But Jesus is the gift that kind of just keeps on giving because we see something else happen as a result of that gift. He goes on to say in verse 22. But Judas, Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself to us and not unto the world? 
Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And he will, he will come unto him and make your abode with him. So you will wind up living with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So Jesus is saying, now what I'm saying to you is coming from God the Father. Right? He that keeps not my, my uh, he that loves me not keeps not my sayings. So the person that does not love Jesus does not keep his sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Okay, these things he's saying now while I'm with you. But the Comforter, underline Comforter, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Please remind, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance um, whatsoever I said unto you. So now we see that this gift, the original gift, so to speak, that God gave us in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, that gift is now saying that I'm going to move on I'm not going to leave you, but I'm not going to physically be it, but I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, you see? So how many of us realize that during this time of the year when we're celebrating Jesus Christ as the gift that God gave us, through Jesus Christ, we, God opened up a whole new world for us in the form of, of uh, receiving His Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, and this Holy Spirit, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said unto you. Now, this is another reason why we need to read and understand God's Word and to make sure that we're praying and that we're hearing from Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit will bring things back to our remembrance. And I'm sure almost everyone sitting here in this sanctuary can remember that there was a time that you read a particular scripture or something was happening in your life and then those words came right back to you. The Word of God came back to you and ministered to you. Amen. The Holy Spirit will enable you, will bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I I have said unto you. 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, I give, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Please in the line, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, if you're reading a red letter Bible, these words are written in red, meaning that this is Jesus doing the speaking here. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. Okay, underline the words give there. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. So in other words, the peace that Jesus Christ gives us is not the way a man could give you peace. Amen. Amen. A man can say, um, others in the office or whatever, um, you know, may have gotten pink slips, layoff notices, but don't worry, you're okay, you know. Now that's the peace that the man is giving you. The peace that you receive is really kind of saying, and you don't, you wouldn't say this to your boss, or what you tell me isn't worth a darn. My peace is, is with the Lord. Amen. But that is where your peace is. Amen. Your peace is there not because a man said something to you. Your peace is because of the fact that God said something to you. Amen. Amen. This is the kind of peace that he leaves. This is the kind of peace that he leaves. And then he, then he says there in verse 27, Let not your heart be troubled. Let it not be afraid. Underline afraid. All right? Okay? Now, that's another gift. That's another promise that Jesus has given us. He's saying, and, it's, and look at the words that I'm using here, that Jesus has given us a promise. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. You see? But many times, even we as Christians, again, when things happen in our lives, fear rises up. Fear rises up. Okay? Now, we're all human. We're in human bodies, of course, and our minds are, are functioning still as human beings, as mortal minds, and it's normal for fear in a particular situation to arise. But that fear should not remain with us as Christians. Amen? That fear that comes in, that kind of really grabs you and punches you in the gut and doubles you over, that fear should not be lasting more than 30 seconds a minute. It, it certainly should not be going into a whole day, into a week. Amen? Because Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. So many times he says that I am with you. You see? So if, if Jesus is with you, when you got that, that pink slip on your desk, when you got that bad news, when that family member called up and all of a sudden tries to turn your life around, upsetting your life and, and saying all sorts of things, when an acquaintance, when if someone in, you're in a relationship with, whatever it is, and that person just comes in all of a sudden brings some words that would wreak havoc in your life, remember, Jesus is there with you. So don't you think that if Jesus is there with you, you see, and this is where we have to get our minds to a whole different level as, as Christians and, 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 and living in a, a, um, a spiritual world with God. If God is with you, Holy Spirit is with you, Jesus is with you, and you get that bit of bad news, either in written form or phone call or someone says something to you, don't you think God knows that? Why? Because he's there with you. Amen? Amen? So the same time you're getting this situation, this bit of adversity trying to enter into your life, God is there and God knows it. So therefore, what you need to do is to remember, first of all, God made a promise to me and he said that he's here with me and he's not going to, to desert me. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You see? You see, many times, and this is where we have to, to kind of work at transitioning our our attitude and our thought and, and belief system to really believe that even though we cannot physically see God, to know that God is here with me, and if God is here with me, that means that God is experiencing everything that I am experiencing in my life. Okay? God knows that this bad situation has popped up. God knows that this thing is going on. Matter of fact, God knows more than what you know because God knows the thought of that individual. Individual may be smiling in your face saying one thing and he's lying and conniving and cheating and thinking about stabbing you in the back or whatever. But God knows that. Okay, so Jesus is saying, be, do not be troubled. Do not, do not have fear. Because Jesus is with us. Okay? So again, I say the gift that God gave just continually keeps on giving because Jesus is there with us all through of our lives. Verse 28 says, You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you, before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and has nothing in me. But that the world, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so do I. Arise, and let us go hence. Amen? Okay? So we see here that, that Jesus opens our eyes to the deeper truths of the Father, which go far beyond the limited thinking that pigeonholes, man, pigeonholes mankind and categorizes so-called religion. You see? This is where we, we really get down to separating the wheat from the chaff. Because the very deep words that are given to us here in these scriptures here and understanding the concept behind what God gave us through his son and how through that Jesus opens the door for us to receive the Holy Spirit which then sets up a greater gift for us which means that we don't have to go through life worrying about things. 
You really stop and think about it, okay? Now, does that, again, like I said, we have to be real about this. None of us in this sanctuary here, here are built so that if some bad news enters into our lives, there isn't some worry immediately that comes in. That's the tribulation that Jesus talks about. But then immediately we should shift gear. Immediately we should shift gear. Remember that Jesus has, has overcome the world, that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. God the Father has given us the power to rebuke and to, and to bind up those things that come into our lives, such as fear. Alright, these are all gifts that God gave us. Starting with the package of Jesus Christ. You see? So this season, this, this time, this Christmas season, when we're thinking about it amongst the celebrations and the gift giving, we need, as children of God, to stop and think about the ultimate gift that God gave us, His Son, Jesus Christ. And to take it even beyond even the, the Jesus, Jesus kind of the big package that has everything wrapped, you know. God, God forgive me, but, and I'm not being sacrilegious here, but it just came to me, you know, like God gives us this, this wonderful gift in the form of Jesus Christ and in a way in a way he's like a pinata okay because embodied in that gift of Jesus Christ is, is so, are so many other gifts it's the Holy Spirit it's the peace it's the joy it's the power the authority that God gave us as a gift to bind up Satan in the name of Jesus amen amen so this gift wonderful gift of Jesus Christ like a pinata in him he's the embodiment of all things but within him we have so many other gifts that were given so many blessings you know and the whole gifts of the spirit I mean that's a whole separate sermon there it would take me probably a week to really go into amen I know people want to eat and so forth like that amen amen Amen. But praise the living God. So we see here that when we receive our gift, our eyes are finally open, and we're no longer separated from the truth. Then the truth, it truly becomes our light, because now we can see. During the Christmas season, open your hearts and really receive the gift that God has given. Open the instruction manual more often, and read the words that are contained therein, so that you can truly understand how your gift operates, you know. So many times, you know, we, again, I say, we Christians, we say, I received Jesus, I received Jesus. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes, I received the gift. But then the person doesn't have the faintest idea how to really accept and to use that gift. You know, how to use that gift. You know, if any of us have, have bought a, a new car or any kind of gadget for the household or whatever, you know, I know instruction manuals today are written so poorly. My wife was putting something together the other day that didn't even have words in it, just pictures. You see, I guess because things are being made so much overseas. I'm serious. No, no written words. Just, just pictures. Just pictures. You've got to decipher the pictures and put it together. Then you've got to leave the, 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 the carton, leave the cardboard box that it came in so you can look at, look at a picture of what it looks like when it's assembled so you can figure out how to put it together. I'm sure we've all been there. Show of hands. Amen. But the gift that God gave us, the instructions are explicit. They're crystal clear. They're crystal sharp. There's no room for error if you read the instructions. Amen. Plus you've got, who else came with the gift? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is there. He's our comforter. He's our advisor. In the Greek, he's our, our parakletos. Amen. Amen. He, he's our lawyer. I mean, any, any bit of wisdom, Holy Spirit, this is all a part of that gift. You, you see? So we as Christians are, are, are rich. We're filthy rich, but the world does not get that. The world cannot, because the word of God says that the world simply cannot receive it, nor understand it. The more you know Jesus, the more you'll love him. 
and the more he'll become a part of your everyday life. Not just something to sit on a shelf until you are in desperate need. Amen. The more you, you come to know Jesus, the more you love him, the more you will worship him on days other than Sunday. When you go to church. Amen. The more you love him, the more time you spend with him, the more you understand how he operates in your life. And the fact that he really is there with you. Amen. When you're sitting behind your desk and you've got your head in your hands and you're trying to figure out how to accomplish a task. Jesus is sitting right there next to you. You know, you know, you've got no, no, no further than to do than to just simply, you don't have to turn your head to the right or to the left to simply say, because he's right there to say, Jesus, Lord, help me. Where do I go from here? How do I get started? He is there with you, you see. So, again, this message that I'm saying to you today is, is we've got to shift our minds away from worldly thinking and the pigeonholed um, religious, quote-unquote, aspect of Jesus Christ in relationship to man. Jesus Christ really is with you and there's nothing that is going on in your life that he doesn't know about that you can't turn to him and ask. Amen? Amen? And speak to him, and speak to him about it. Um, and I pray that during this Christmas season that you, you have a, a merry and, and a joyful, okay, full of joy. A joyful Christmas season, you know. And the thing about it is that over the many, many years, and still, if something pops up on the radar that is troublesome to me, the minute I bring my thinking back to, oh wow, I can give this to God. I don't have to worry about this. Lord, what shall I do? God will tell me what to do, even if I don't have the answer at that moment. The minute that I remind myself that God will tell me what to do, all of the fear, all of the, 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 the agita in the gut goes away. And then the joy returns. Okay? Because why? Because you know you don't have to do it yourself. Amen? You've heard me say before, those of us who have, have had older brothers or sisters, and if there was a, maybe you never had a bully in your school, but we had a bully in the school, and if that bully you thought, was, you thought was coming your way, you knew, oh, here comes my big brother. I had an older brother, here comes my big brother. I know he's not going to bother me. Boy, and you really felt good if all of a sudden if mom or dad came to pick you up from school, you really didn't have nothing to worry about then because you knew you'd be taken care of. Amen? Well, it's the same thing with God. And that bully, that enemy, that, that, that toothless Satan who goes around roaring like a lion, roaring like a lion, as Scripture says, roaring like a lion, because he's been defanged, he's been declawed, but he'd like to roar so he can try to scare you, amen? The minute he raises his ugly head in your life, remember that Jesus is right there with you, okay? And Jesus is not going to be intimidated. Holy Spirit will tell, will tell you exactly how to, to deliver a one-two punch to get rid of him. Amen? Amen? And all of that should indeed return the joy to you. So this is what Christmas is really all about. It's remembering the gift that God gave to us and keeping, keeping that gift with us and active at all points in your, in, your, in your life. Amen? Amen? I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.
Praise God.